Tom Bernard here with co-host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt-Bernard. Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen. Mike Molina. L.A. Nick. And I hate city pages. <laughs> 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 but I never talk about them at all. I don't even hate him. I just, I couldn't care less. Yes. Yeah, I could care less either. And Doug... Doug Sprinthal will be right back. Tom Bernard Show. All uh, right. Speaking of Doug Sprinthal. Phase two of the Let's Talk uh, Walls or Cool Cars with L.A. Nick. I'm looking at another one that is super sweet. I can't look at it yet. I'm just going to tell people how to get there. We Last hour we talked about the $400,000 Ferrari. We're going to have something a little more marked down to $399,488. you are right. Walzer.com, inventory cool cars. You can see all these awesome cars that are uh, scattered over both Minnesota and Kansas. So check out this bad boy. Do you know what that is, Nick? It's a 2016 Dodge Challenger Hellcat. Oh, Hellcats are awesome. It's only got 3,000 miles on it. And now, that's Hellcat also really, got really, really, really cheaply priced. 707 horsepower. I've seen that car go for seven. Whoa. Yep. They go to zero to sixty in under three seconds. The top speed of over two hundred miles an hour. This is a two. It's a used one, two thousand sixteen. Thirty six hundred miles on it, and it's fifty five grand. If you want to get noticed, it? it's a it's a two thousand sixteen Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat. But that's a rear wheel drive. Isn't uh, oh yeah, no, this is uh, not for the faint yeah. of heart. So when you buy these right. things, you get two keys. You get a red one and a black one. The black one is the one that you give the valet, uh, valet yeah. and it only gives you 400 horsepower. Yeah. But if you put the other one in there, it unlocks the whole. Like, you can't get in trouble with a 400 horsepower. This one's cool, too. Yeah. This one's cool. It's the subline orange with the blacked out rims. Yep. It's got a pretty good look to it. So, there's tons of these cool cars in here. It's my favorite stuff to sell and talk about. And we've got stuff that starts at 10, 11 grand up there. It goes all the way up to the Ferrari at a little under 400. So, something for everyone. Fun for a girl and a boy, all at Walzer. Dot com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Where is my Now, the worst song ever recorded. What the hell is this? That's what I'm asking myself right now. <laughs> you know, is that L.A. Nick singing that? No. <laughs> Might as well be. 
this is the single that he released. It's not mine. This is the single he released. (laughs) I got to run this by you guys because uh, there's a thing called the Studio Think Tank that Wise Brothers Media puts out. And uh, Brady in the Morning at WKLR in Richmond, Petersburg. I don't know where, so that's Virginia, Richmond, Virginia? Or Russia. Not sure. Well, it wouldn't be a K- no It wouldn't be a K station in Virginia, would it? WKLR. Oh, oh okay. Sorry, I misheard you. Uh, but but I I think that's Richmond, Virginia. But I'm not sure. Petersburg. I've never heard of Petersburg. I've heard of Parkersburg. Remember that one? Oh, well, Petersburg, Virginia sounds familiar to me. Okay, well there you go. So it, so it probably is Richmond, Virginia. But anyway, Brady in the morning came up with this idea. I was just reminded of this yesterday when visiting an old co-worker. I just wrapped up my show at the last station I worked at. GM pulls me in and says, we are doing our best to keep you here because we believe in you. We want you on this team. You work hard, and this uh, decision isn't a reflection on you, but we have to cut your salary for budget reasons. That wasn't the bad part. But it stung because my ex and I had just had our daughter, and it was a $20,000 a year salary cut. I wasn't making anything to begin with. There are words I have to edit here. Uh, To begin with, uh, this was a better alternative to losing my job. I'm thinking I could deal with this until I get out and find a stable place to work. Now, here's the bad part. As I was gathering my thoughts and coming to grips with what was happening, he looks me in the eyes and says, You have to understand we have to sacrifice. I'm in the middle of building a $25,000 back deck, and I'm not sure if I'll finish it this year. (laughs) <laughs> wow so wow. i'm spending 25 grand but we're going to cut your salary by 20 grand well, gotta get the money somewhere captain so the empathy. guy i went to visit yesterday <laughs> well, the guy i went to visit yesterday was my old pd and he was there both of our jaws dropped i walked out of the building pretty pissed but i knew my salary cut was so he could hit his bonus to get the deck taken care of yeah i mean it's a hitting bonuses i, I go through this stuff all the time uh what is the worst thing a boss ever said to you do you guys we can go to yours first is there something a boss said to you, the worst thing a boss ever said to you? Can anybody think of one? Because I'll go through it. some if you can't I've think of I can think of a few, but I don't really want to say. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. If you, you know what Paul said to me once was, uh, <laughs> here's a pretty good one, actually. Uh, a guy named Trumpy tweeted in, uh, not said to me, it was said to uh, the chef when he was firing... Uh, I was with the chef when he was firing an employee, and the employee said, but I'm a hard worker, and the chef responded, yeah, well, Hitler was a hard worker. Wow. <laughs> what? Jeez. What kind of thing? Wow. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's not acceptable. I'm sorry. No, not acceptable. Uh, in any case, the uh, worst thing ever said about John uh, Arroyo you will never make it in this business. You have incredible street smarts, but you just aren't cut out for broadcasting. Well, that's not that bad. That's been said to everybody. Brooke Summers, GM, told my PD to pull me off the air because I, quote, sucked and had no talent. My PD refused. Found that GM years later when I was PD and AM show talent. And he wasn't even in radio anymore because he was caught embezzling money. I think he was working at a car lot. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> That's that's the part I had to get to. I was working at a car lot. Probably auto nation. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. Uh, But I I don't think a boss has ever said anything like that to me. On the they've called me on the phone and fired me, but I just I've never not in person. My my publishing my publishing company told me I was a really shitty writer. (laughs) 
Well, that's kind of like a boss because yeah. if they're your publisher, yeah. that's yeah. kind of really, like your boss. You really suck at writing. <laughs> you really suck at writing. Well, you know, thank you. Thank you so much. That'll all work but, out. But they gave me the deal. Yeah, they did. The book is uh, we have the book sitting on our uh, our dining room table. As a matter of fact, Catherine read uh, the book just what three days ago. A mm, couple of weeks ago, actually. Well, a couple of weeks ago now already. Man, time is flying by. I'm speaking, still trying to put all of his wisdom to use. Speaking yes. of books, Catherine, I brought your Paula Poundstone back. I was cleaning my office. I'm like, I think I borrowed oh. this from Catherine uh, last summer and forgot to bring it back. So, Did you read it? I did. It was really funny. Yeah, she's funny. I like her. <laughs> it's all true. So, L.A., it sounds like you've calmed down a little bit now. So you got everything off your chest? No, I'm just oh, trying geez. to be quiet. So. Destroy the whole show. Oh, you're still worked up. You're still worked up. Oh, yeah, you, but you do every Wednesday. You I destroy the show every Wednesday. Why change you know, now? I'm, try, I'm trying to find contractors, and I don't think anybody wants to work anymore. I, I, like nobody wants to do anything yeah. anymore. They just don't want to work. I can Amen. find you a contractor. No, I'm trying to find somebody that pours concrete. Like, oh, we're booked for two years. Like every every contract. Why don't every, you? I've been watching you do this. Why don't you just contract a gen, contact a general contractor? I'm a general contractor. Okay, but you don't have any connections. Oh, you are. Yeah, I pulled my own permits. I, I see. I, but I just, usually the GCs will be you know affiliated with the local suppliers. <laughs> yeah, that costs a lot more money, Doug. Yeah, I know. Like, I sent like you forty thousand uh, dollars more money to do it that really? way. Really? Oh yeah. Do you have a GC? Did you try Able Concrete? I have not had a chance yet because I had to come do the show. Okay, I got I got that recommendation from somebody in my office. So everybody's so and, and I, getting somebody like poor concrete's like finding hen's teeth. Really? Apparently. Yeah. So you, how much concrete do you have to pour? A lot. <laughs> I have to pour well, the like whole. What's a what's a lot? Uh, well, not a lot. In their, in their world, not a lot. To me, a lot. It's thirty-seven feet by twenty-six feet or something. It's the whole the whole so arena. Not, that didn't be that big a deal. Oh, did you tell Alex about that yet? I, Alex knows about it. No. What? Oh, you do know about it, Alex? About what? Well, Nick's going to do something that involves your childhood and Andy's childhood, actually. And uh, I'm going to ruin I'm it. Gonna I'm going to until... destroy it all. Well. <laughs> no, you're going to make it much better, cool. actually. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. So yeah, we'll just we'll announce that whenever you want to. That's a, it's a yeah. cool thing actually. Next week maybe we'll talk it about is it. For, yeah, it's good for me. I mean, it's, oh, it's it, good it, for it, you, yeah. I, it is, no, I mean, it, no, no. Actually, it's not that big a deal for me. It's a good thing for Catherine. Uh, but anyway, no, it's just the fact. Hey, that, happy uh, wife, happy can, life. It's what they tell me. No, tr- trust right. me. Point. <laughs> My wife is sitting next to me. What do you want me to say? No, that's BS. Forget it. I couldn't care less. It doesn't work that way around here. Not really. I have to. Uh, I have to read this story because it's really, you know, Alex. We did start watching um, Silicon Valley. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Aviato T-shirt showed up last week. Aviato. You got you one. I did. Aviato T-shirt. HBO sh- a store sells them for eight bucks. I know. I was going to get Dan one, but he has so many. Freaking t-shirts. So they don't take you guys are going to be very sad. You're going to be sad about this news today. Then, oh no! You know that T.J. Miller was fired from from uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah. this week. Yeah, I, I know he is. Okay, T.J. No, Miller's coming, coming in. in this week? He's coming into. Or is it next week? He's coming into House of Comedy or something. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh. Uh, look, he's I think he's funnier than hell on there, but he might not be coming into town. I don't. Yeah, I think you might be. I think you're wrong about that. All right. Yeah. Here we go. April nineteenth through the twenty second. So he's going to be at House Comedy. 
Um, I think so. I hope I hope he's coming out. He might be coming in to act me. I don't know. But anyway, I'm I, wrong. But you're. But I'm right. No, so I acknowledge get, the fact that. Let <laughs> me read the story. Well, we don't know if he's coming in here. Oh. Let me let me read the story, okay? Because okay. I'm a big T.J. Miller fan. I think T.J. Miller's hilarious. Uh, I thought he was the only good thing in Deadpool, and I like Ryan Reynolds usually, but I thought Deadpool is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but I thought T.J. Miller was really good in it. Who okay? was he in Deadpool again? I barely remember that movie. Okay, yeah. He was a bartender. T.J. Miller was arrested uh, Monday night by the feds for calling in a fake bomb threat on a train. Oh, yeah. No. What? Yeah. What a what? weird thing to do. Yeah. Well, it gets worse. Drug related. No way. It sounds like he did it just to get back at another passenger. Here's the deal. Back on March 18th, TJ was on a train from D.C. to New York when he called 911 and said there was a woman on board with her bomb in her bag, but he gave police the wrong train number. So authorities stopped the wrong train, which was in Connecticut at the time, yanked everyone off, and sent in the bomb squad. This is all real, by the way. This wow. is not speculation. That's... The feds are involved in oh this. Oh, my God. So they uh, didn't find anything, so they contacted Miller, who was in New York at the time. He described the woman as having red hair and a red scarf and said she was acting suspiciously and seemed to want to get off the train and leave her bag behind. The cop thought Miller was slurring his speech and asked if he was drunk or mentally ill, which he denied. When officials determined that what train Miller had been on, they met it at the nearest station and inspected it. Again, it was clean, but the attendant on Miller's car told them he had downed several drinks during the ride, was already intoxicated when he boarded in D.C. In fact, they had kicked him off the train because of his condition. But before that happened, T.J. was involved in several, quote, hostile exchanges with a woman in the same car. After speaking with the woman and the attendant, investigators determined Miller had made the whole thing up just because he was mad at her. T.J. was charged with a federal crime for making a false report. It carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. He was released yesterday morning on a $100,000 bond. T.J. was on HBO Silicon Valley until he parted ways with the show last year, uh, supposedly due to issues with drugs and alcohol. You'd also know him as Ryan Reynolds' bartender. Yeah, buddy, uh, a weasel. Yeah, so we don't know if he's going to be it or not. He was also the star of the cinematic masterpiece that was the Emoji Movie, one of the worst, worst movies ever made. And he was the voice of a glob of mucus in commercials for Mucinex, but he lost that gig not long after he was hit with a sexual assault allegation. So he has been charged with a federal crime. Think that? Think uh, calling in bombs or fake bombs will get you on the no-fly list? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think it'll get you on the no-fly list. So I don't know that he's going to make it in for that show. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I think T.J. Miller's terrific. I thought he was wonderful on Silicon Valley. I've seen his stand-up act before. I've talked to him a couple times. Very nice guy when I talk to him. But apparently he might have a drug or alcohol problem or something. I don't know what the hell's going on with well, him. But Most comics do. Well, that's true. But once the feds are involved, you got real problems. That's yeah, not good. That's all I know. Don't be calling in bomb threats. That's T.J., what are you doing? Did, are you still watching Silicon Valley, Alex? I don't know when the new season is it out. Is it happening? That I don't know. Your mom and I are are, are just catching up. We went all because it's like been on for five years, hasn't it? Season yeah. five yeah. is. Uh, let's see. Looks like it started like maybe last 
week or two. Yeah, a couple of, oh, okay. the last couple of weeks, I think. You're yeah, right. season five, episode one thirty in March twenty fifth. Has anybody seen the zoo yet? Did I recommend it a couple weeks ago? No, I have not seen it yet, but I do want to watch that. It is awesome. You have to watch. You have to catch one episode. I'm going to see blockers tonight. Oh, that's terrible. We'll see. That's just what's trash. blockers? It's it's blockers, and they have a picture of a Rooster. male chicken. It's it's a comedy. Oh, that looks Leslie, horrible. Leslie yes. Mann's it's in horrible. it and it's John Cena's in it. It's a horrible it. movie. I don't know. My friend was oh, like, God. let's go to a movie on Wednesday night. I was like, okay, what do you want to see? I just can't see um, it's whatever about It's about parents called. stopping their kids from having sex when they're on the prom date. Yeah, oh, it's like, that's right. Prom, prom date. Yeah, yep. three okay. girls made so a sex pact to lose their virginity on prom night, and it's one mom oh, and two God. dads stopping them. It's that them. typical mm. 90s Blockbuster garbage. It's the exact kind of movie that uh, The Simpsons has made fun of a thousand times. So they're rooster blockers, get it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, you're going to see that? I'm going to see it because all I care about is. (laughs) I've lost all respect for you, Alex. Popcorn and candy. I don't have high expectations, but there's nothing else that I. Here's the thing my friend asked me to go to a movie, and I can't go to a movie until after I put Fawn to bed. And it has to yes. be, and it can't be too late, because or else I won't get enough sleep. And so it was like, at how about something at eight thirty? And she was like, "Oh, let's go see Blockers." And I was like, "Sure, whatever. I I don't care. I'll watch yeah, it." Maybe there's a couple of laughs in it. Yeah, Who knows? I'm not expecting anything great, but I'm gonna eat my popcorn. You get a couple hours away from the old ball and chain, Shit. though. Yeah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that goes over well. That's going over well. Uh, how about some random facts for you? Although there are a couple of them, I don't know if you want to even hear. You produce between one and two liters of nasal mucus every day, and you wind up swallowing most of thank it. Thank you for Let's that. Just, <laughs> thank you for that. That's like okay, how about Dan this? the other day was looking at his computer, and he was like, oh, my God, look at this. And he shows me this picture of a spider with, like, 3,000 tiny spiders stacked on top of its uh, back. Thanks. And now they're oh, in my God. hair, and I can feel them everywhere oh, all the your, time. in your ears. I know. I can feel them. Yeah, they're in your ears. <laughs> All right, we'll be back, Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you know how important it is to have the right dock. That's why you should know about flow docks. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. They're completely modular so you can configure them to your family's needs or add on as your family's needs grow. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flo's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make, right down to flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy. My friends at Flow also told me that hockey star Ryan Suter bought a flow dock and lift as he wanted the best for his family. See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com, flow docks and lifts. A better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds are going fast. I've lost over 34 pounds. Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you, too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a second free informational dinner. Learn how to have success losing weight just like me. 
Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, will be at the dinner, and so will I, actually. It's Monday, April 30th, 6 p.m. at Jake City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited. Call 763-333-7337 to register. That's 763-333-7337. And depression my soul. That's great. L.A. Nick comes in and Melina's manic depressed. Yes. <laughs> you know, his manic depression. That's the whole deal right there, ladies and gentlemen. I can cheer you up, though. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about a thing. I didn't know this. You know those inflatable dancing tubes you see outside car dealerships? You know where they came from? The wacky flailing... What are they called? They're like... Their literal name is so long. Yeah, wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube, man. Yep. Yes. They've only been around since 1996. Why is that? I looked this up once, but I don't remember. You see them outside car dealerships, mostly. Because the gorilla on the roof was uh, getting too expensive. Yeah. Well, probably they'd uh, tie it down improperly, and then it would blow away and kill someone or something. Has an inflatable gorilla ever blown off a car dealer roof? uh, We don't have those. You have to go to, uh, like, Rudy Rudy Luther or the Auto Nation if you're into (laughs) inflatable gorillas or army straw men that wave their arms around. No, that's always been an Andrew Walzer rule. He goes, we're gorilla-free since 2003. We're gorilla-free. It's true. I know bounce houses used to get blown away all the time because oh, people yeah. are too stupid to tie them down. It's true. Oh Very true. Uh, they've been around since 1996. They were originally invented as part of the opening ceremonies for the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta. Uh, That's where uh, they came from. Weird. I didn't. I had no idea that was true. I didn't Have you ever? And have you seen? Like they wouldn't fit in there. Well, they probably Atlanta? weren't the same thing, right? They probably they said they different. were. Oh, really? They looked exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, unless they were. The 1996 Olympics were very zany. You know what? If, yeah. if it's the first time you've ever seen something, it's always, you know, yeah. like, oh, that's kind of cool. Exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It doesn't that become ridiculous until later. That's absolutely true. There's actually the inflatable tube man family in a commercial now. Yeah, the, the family's commercial. waiting, looking out the window. At them. Is, is it a car commercial? It is a car commercial. It's for a car, car website. Oh, okay. Well, there you have it. This I did not know, and then we'll move on to more depressing things. Oh, good. It's just been that kind of day. There are people who speak many different languages in Queens, New York, more than any other place in the world. Queens, New York, there are people who speak how many different languages? 22. Oh, I would bet it's probably 80. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. 800. Wow. What? I doubt that very much. Says there are people who speak 800 different languages in Queens, New York, which is more than any other place. That sounds like KFAI. You know, that because that's. If you're, oh, would you. No, you're oh, gonna, oh, my God. Here we go now. Good God. Oh God. If, you're re, uh, that, if, if you're really a fool. Don't write in the newspaper that I said that because I didn't. You'll be lying. Okay. Uh. <laughs> No, if you're really a foodie, you, you want to go to the uh, outer boroughs. Everybody thinks, oh, Manhattan's got all this cool food and all this. So all yeah, the new immigrants yeah. from all over the world can't afford to live in Manhattan, so they're out in Queens and mm, so on and so forth. So. 
That does make sense. Well, I, yeah. I think the Minneapolis Public Schools has 75 different languages that they have uh, they need do, to, yes. that they accommodate. Yeah, so. but 800 is just like, that has to be like every language. Is it like nuance, you think, Andy? It's languages I, with nuance? Yeah, yeah, I wonder if it's like, you know, all 30 different dialects of German they speak in Switzerland and that kind of thing. How many actual languages are there? Well, at least 800. Uh, don't, well, the problem is it's <laughs> difficult to... Um, qualify what a language is yeah, dialect because it's like or, you know yeah. yeah it's like there you could find two people in america who couldn't understand each other but they're technically speaking the same language yeah. get that in minnesota alone yes yeah so yeah, it's yeah, like what's had, a language and what's a dialect yeah. and what's an affectation it's would, hard to say if you had like someone from the iron range iron range talk to somebody from the bayou <laughs> there would that no yeah. one would understand a word if you have but, somebody from downtown minneapolis if it's an elephant talk to you you would understand what i'm saying Ebonics. Yeah, that is true. Andy, do you know anything about the Troxler effect? Troxler. You ever heard of the Troxler effect? Uh, there's a picture going viral that looks like a bunch of random color blobs, but if you stare at it for just a little while, it disappears. Oh, yeah. Like it's, the rotating pink whatever the hell? Yeah. It's because of something called the Troxler effect. When you stare at something long enough, it causes your eyes to adjust and make some parts fade out of your vision. And the way this picture is designed, it makes the colors fade. And since some of it is white, it just turns white like the page. It will disappear if you stare at it. Yeah. This is, oh. this is the one I'm familiar with. Is that it? Oh. Oh yeah, is that is that like the remember those magic at, uh, plus for long enough? Just like I don't know, Dad might. Be so will all, will all the will all the pink will disappear? Yep, yep they they're, just... they're starting to. Uh-huh. Yeah, really? Because this this one's yeah, different. This weird. one is just blobs. What, what were those weird? No, we can't painting, see it. This is not radio. paintings. <laughs> magic well, no. eyes. But yeah, magic that's eyes. That's what I'm saying. It's the same yeah. thing, isn't it? No, your very eyes. different. Oh. Uh, I was going to tell people they can go to the Huffington Post and then read those lies, but look at the picture. Well, the Troxler, the Troxler effect, I think, has to do with the fact that most of your vision is actually in black and white, except for the very center. Yeah. But your brain fills in the color of your peripheral vision based on what it remembers. So if you like, if you pass a, uh, you know, a square of red on the wall, it'll still look red in your peripheral mm-hmm. vision. Even though technically you're not seeing the red, it's just your brain saying, "I remember this is red." But eventually, it'll forget. Right. Just I just stared at this for about a minute, and it did not disappear. Why well, that is that? Tiny little picture. That's not. Oh, it's too big. I have to blow it up bigger. Yeah. If you click it there, there you go. All right. Well, that's... although generally when I, I mean, it should well, Tom's be... staring at a picture yeah. on his computer. It's fascinating. Mm. Right? No, I just, I just want to know if it works. I just I'm going to do it later. I just looked it up. It says many believe the number of world languages is about 6,500. Good But there are God. actually 7,106 living languages in the world. Good God. I had no idea there were that many different languages. I had, I had no clue that well, was true. But like I said, I mean, well, a language can Linguistic mean, Society is saying so. A language what do they can know? be they many know. things. They should know. That's all I know. But, but they're like, that might not exactly be right. Well, yeah, because well, it's still, like I mean, what there's a tiny little village with three people, and they speak their own language. And that, yeah, how are they to know that? Well, I mean, every country in Africa has a different language, so yeah. that's a lot, right? Just in Africa, well, and like vill- yeah, yeah, like every is. little village can have their own language. So, uh-huh. remember that comedian on the Tonight Show many years ago? He said he started studying uh, yoga and meditation, and he said. 
And Johnny, he was like acting like he was serious about it. And Johnny's going like, well, so what do you do? And he goes, oh, you just sit there and, and you, you close your eyes and they give you a mantra. And he goes, well, what's a ma- mantra? He goes, well, Johnny, I mean, I can do it in front of everybody, but, you know, they'll know your mantra and, and your mon- mantra is supposed to be. Oh, Mani Padway Om. No, he goes, so Johnny closes his eyes and he goes, okay, John, I'm going to give you your mantra. Are you ready? Okay, it'll be Owa Tafu Liam. So Johnny's on there and he's going, Owa Tafu Liam. Oh, and the guy says, no, say it fast. Yeah, I think I get it. And he goes, he ends up going, oh, what a fool I am. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. Johnny was not happy that he got suckered in, into saying that on national television, but what the hell? He was what are you always a good you remember sport, it all though. these years. He was a good. He sport. was a good sport. He was a good sport. But do do yourself a favor and do not read the bombastic Bushkin's book. We we had him on this show. Uh, Bushkin was his. his uh, Is that like attorney. the the real story of Johnny Carson? Yeah, I uh, guess he was a flaming prick. Uh, just a really, really not a very pleasant guy. And there were many people like he and Bob Hope couldn't stand one another, and it just. Uh, I, I don't want to know. Do you, you want to know those things? No. You can't help it anymore. Every, no, I mean, I like, suppose. think of a celebrity that hasn't done something scummy in the news in the past 10 years. No, Ed not Bagley Jr. Is true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ed Bagley Jr. is one of them. Although, Mordahl did burst his bubble. Uh-oh. Because Ed Bagley Jr. came on, and, and Ed Bagley is big into the uh, ecology and all the rest of it, and he's... Ed Begley Jr. is one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to talk to. He's yeah, a great guy. Yeah, but he makes Al Gore look like the CEO of Standard Oil. He does. You're absolutely right. So he said uh, that, that that morning he made his toast. He gets on his bicycle and pedals his bicycle. Oh, that's the guy, that guy? Yeah, it's Ed Begley Jr. Right? I see. So he the pedaling the bicycle powers the toaster so it toasts his bread so it doesn't burn any electricity and he was all proud of it and happy yes I made my own toast I didn't use any electricity and Mordahl goes how much CO2 did you expel through your mouth (laughs) (laughs) I would just tell tell that guy he's an idiot it's so sad though he was all proud of it until Mordahl peed all over his theory well this this focus on CO2 CO2 it's very short sighted because there's a whole lot of other stuff out there that's a lot worse than CO2 well we need need it right now because we we need this global warming thing to start kicking in around here man I'll tell you that right now (laughs) this is getting ridiculous what if we could just I wonder if we could just make little bubbles of CO2 in certain places and <laughs> Stay uh, in your house actively somehow. heat Stop up the world. Because this cold crap's got to go, man. You know how everyone is talking about how annoyed they are with the weather? That's how annoyed I am with people talking about the weather. They told your mom <laughs> well, to bite it be... on Facebook this morning. <laughs> you did? Yeah. yeah. Catherine posted something told you like, to bite it? Oh, yeah. is everybody spring? sick of spring? I said, Everyone. you're in Florida, bite it. No, I didn't. I said, springtime, anyone, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> but you're in Florida where it's 80 degrees. Yeah. We're so. a little crabby up here. I'm not crabby. Only I'm for just, 48 more hours. I'm really annoyed. With I'll how. tell you what, you guys aren't going to like what you're coming back to. Oh, my God, put on a coat oh. and move on with your life. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It really doesn't bother me that much. It's so ridiculous. It's all anyone is talking about right now, and I'm like, 
Put on a hat. It's 46 get your degrees. Car, That's, move on with your yeah, life. Today's nice. Put on a parka. It's sunny. Cover today's, up the baby belly nice. and just move on. Exactly. <laughs> it's like complaining about it. Is that going to make anything better? No. Stop. 46 degrees, I think, is nice. I it's like 50 that. It's tomorrow and partly cloudy. Fantastic. Yeah. I went to the zoo That's yesterday. Like the, it was. Oh, it was pretty chilly, and it was cloudy all day yesterday, but I was outside at the zoo. You should have come by. I live two miles from there. Oh, really? Yep. I like That's it That's cool. There. Yeah, it's mm. a nice area. Though they built the million-dollar bicycle bridge to nowhere at the zoo. It's yeah. the stupidest thing what in the world. What a waste of money. You know when you're driving, that oh, bridge, bridge that goes over? Yeah. What a waste That's of money. That's a bicycle. Yeah. There's no yeah. bike pass there. I was going like, to say. And there's no people not, that live there. Yeah. What a waste what? of money. What? It was just If I owned stupid. a city. Anyway. I would. owned a city. I would have them create this... A one-way road that just spirals around and eventually just leads to like a wall. Well, that's the that's the tunnel to nowhere in St. Paul. Yeah, and just then like Maryland once you get to the end, nowhere. how are you going to get out? Because there's cars behind they, you. They have lots of those in Europe. Yeah, they're t- t- I'm not surprised. Yeah, because Europe was designed around walking when yeah. you know before way before cars existed. Yeah. And what are you going to do? What can one say, right? Well, do you know what the um, the first traffic fatality was? What? No. I know the first guy that got that speeding ticket. I just learned that the other night on, uh, I think it was Jeopardy. I'm not sure. Darkness Dave guy? lives six blocks from the zoo, Alex. Oh, really? Yep. I gave him oh, yeah, all that makes sense. my kids a uh, Nerf uh, collection because they'd outgrown oh. it. So yeah. he and his boys. You know, he got Back all the Nerf collection? Oh, oh, we had a whole just bas- laundry baskets full of weaponry. Yeah. Nerf stuff. Well, that's <laughs> a good thing. They showed up, and his, there's like these eight-year-old kids there, and their eyes are like, Nerf thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bridget oh. Driscoll was the first person to ever be killed by a car oh. in 1896. Was she jaywalking? Um... <laughs> Oh, I don't know. She's a woman. You think well, she's doing something add, wrong? Was she was no on her phone. There was jaywalking back then. She was texting. <laughs> no, there was obviously. not. Witnesses said that the car, cars. Was, the car was driving at a reckless pace. See? Which was four miles per hour. Four <laughs> miles an hour at <laughs> a reckless God. pace. Reckless pace. Can you even... I wouldn't even think that you'd be able to die okay, here's a question. with a car going four how many miles people, per hour. How many people had been killed by horse and wagon, hit by horse and wagon before that? I'm oh, sure lot. way more than oh, well, Who yeah, doesn't know that? That's <laughs> common knowledge. That's I mean, I'm sure a lot first, of people were killed by horse and wagon. The first guy to ever get a speeding ticket was a, a taxi driver, I believe, in New York City. Can't remember his name. Naturally. But he was doing eight miles an hour, and he got a speeding ticket. <laughs> yeah, cars, well, wow. cars were different. I like the it's coroner right. said that I hope such a thing will never happen again. Oh, well, oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Since the, yeah. since 1896, yeah, a couple of people have been hit by cars since then. So a couple, Sorry. yeah, a couple. You're absolutely right, L.A. Nick. You're going to be ecstatic <laughs> yep. uh, in and our so next segment here, and so is Doug. Actually, Doug, you'll be ecstatic with this too. You know who Jake Brown is? I don't. Parent. No, you don't. <laughs> Sounds like a very generic. Name. Uh, his book is called names, Beyond so. the What? I'm You're bad, bad with names. names so yeah, I probably know who he is. Beyond but. the Beyond the Beats, rock and roll's greatest drummers speak. He's written a book about drummers. What do you think of that, well, man? That's a hard uh, book to we'll write. I have to do all the drummer jokes. <laughs> I think he's going to say something about Neil Peart, and you're going to get all at, mad at him. The way you know that the oh, drum... Oh, no, that's... Uh, Never mind, I'll tell it later. No, you can tell it now. How do you no, know when can't. the drum riser's right. level? Because <laughs> the uh, drool comes out of both sides of the drummer's mouth. <laughs> that's really... Oh, my God. We'll be right back. <laughs> Jake Brown, our special guest next time, Bernard Show. <laughs> 
I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl. And after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our sellerworkshop.com series, where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to sellerworkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The seller workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited, and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit sellerworkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Welcome, my special guest, Jake Brown. His latest book, Beyond the Beats, Rock and Roll's Greatest Drummers Speak, a holy grail for rock and metal drummers of any generation. This book features the stories behind hundreds of their favorite beats, whether the reader is a fan, streaming his favorite hits by each band while reading along to how they were created in the studio or a young drummer learning how to play each song by these superstar hitters. Beyond the Beats gives a real look behind the kit at the power and pain it takes to stay on top for decades. Jake, how are you? Oh, I'm great, man. I was cracking up at your uh, your drummer jokes there before the uh, break, <laughs> although surprisingly, uh, these guys are sophisticated machines when they're performing them. You know, you're thinking about a guy like Lars Ulrich oh, coming God. with the athleticism at 50 that he did at 21, you know what I mean, and playing for these these kids in all these countries that, that you know, all they, all they speak is the music. They don't want to hear anything slower or less energetic. And, I mean, these, these guys are, are just amazing uh, musicians that, uh, you know, obviously the premise of this book was to try to really delve into the, you know, first who sat them down behind the kit, put the sticks in their hands, go all the way through the hits. Um, and, and so it was a real honor. If I could tell you some of the guys that are in this book, uh, you know, we, we tried to come out with some really strong opening balls. Uh, you got Lars Ulrich and Metallica, Joey Kramer at Aerosmith, Tommy Lee and Motley Crue, Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters, Chad Smith of the Chili Peppers, Doug Cosmo Clifford of Creedence, that blew me away at Creedence Clifford, Rival, Eagle Torres of Bon Jovi, Matt Storm of Guns N' Roses, Jimmy Chamberlain of Smashing Pumpkins, Kenny Arnoff, of course we know from Mellon Camp and John Fogarty, yep. Steve Perkins of James Addiction, and Steve Smith of Journey. And, and you know, the whole point here was to try to, uh, you know, really give the, the reader like a 3D view from like, Everything these guys are, you know, they're keeping the band going, they're keeping the audience going, they're, they're having to put out all this flashy showmanship. Uh, it goes on and on, you know, Tommy Lee doing these roller coaster, you know, drum sets all the way back to Joey Kramer 
doing his first drum solo in 75 when Steven Tyler kicked him in the rear to go out there and play. And, you know, Taylor Hawkins talks about how afraid he is every time he goes out to do one of these stadium gigs. It's, a, it's an extraordinary, um, you know, instrument and, and position within a band to, you know, really um, contribute and, and guide so much that we wanted to really put a spotlight on it. Do you think people, Jake, people look at drummers, uh, some of them, you know, the, the old joke about, uh, what, what do you call a drummer, a guy who hangs out with musicians, you know, that all the jokes about drummers. Do you think people have that... That's it. That perception. They do have that impression a little bit. They do. Yeah. Do you it's think they have part of that? my motivation for writing this book? Sure. Right. Do you think they have that because every time you see a band uh, back in the old days on the Ed Sullivan Show, or you see a band now on, you know, Saturday Night Live or whatever, the drummer's always in the back, always behind the guitars, the singer, whatever. Uh, you've had band, then you had bands. Uh, it's going back a few decades now that had two drummers in them. I, I just. I played drums yeah. from the from the time I was about eleven years old till I was nineteen. Had a ball doing it. It was. I tell you what, if you have any frustration, become a drummer because you can beat your frustration out of your body every night if you want to. It's a great thing to yeah, do. Yeah, a lot of energy too. You know, it's funny you mentioned the kids. Um, you know, the stories that these guys all have, like Chad Smith's dad buying him didn't want to buy him a drum set right off. He got him these Baskin Robbins, uh, you know, ice cream drum buckets. That, that was, was his yeah. first hit. Uh, yeah. Tommy Lee. Yeah, Tommy Lee on the flip side, like his dad was an auto mechanic and walled off half of his real working garage where he made a living and made a soundproof firm for Tommy to play in. And, you know, one of the things in this book that's really cool is these guys really talk about, also, if you're an aspiring drummer, there's so much advice in this book, and there's so much, like, just, like, getting out young and playing with as many musicians as you can early on, putting on your headset and bashing along to your favorite guys, even if you barely get through the beats. You know, John Bonham is heavily attributed in this book in pretty much yeah. everyone's chapter. And then there was, a, there was a totally other sort of shocking angle of how much jazz, you, know, you think with the swing and the feel of these guys, so like Jimmy Chamberlain, uh, Steve Smith, these are real technicians, uh, Steve Perkins, and you know, these guys, when they get off the rock tour, they go right into the jazz drumming. And so it's really extraordinary to, just to see how talented, Kenny Arnold, my God, the city timpani at University of Indiana and, and orchestral uh, drumming and all, you know, I co-wrote his uh, memoir and that's how I sort of I just read that. I just read that two months ago. It was really, really good. I just read that book two months ago. It was great. Yeah, he's been on the show before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kenny Arno. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah we spent good three guy. years working on that book. <laughs> it was a trip. You know, my and, favorite uh, my favorite drummer story of all time is a, there used to be a comedian many, many years ago named Charlie Callis. And Charlie used to come on the Tonight Show all the time. And one night he told a story about, because he was a drummer. Uh, back in his earlier days before he became a comedian. And he got a call one night that uh, apparently the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra needed a drummer. Their drummer was sick, and they couldn't find a drummer. Is there any way, Charlie, you can make it over and just to, you know play tonight's, uh, tonight's date? Uh, we'll, we'll pay you some dough. He goes, yeah, fantastic. He gets there, and whoever set up the drum kit, everything was completely off balance. The, 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 the stool that he was sitting on, Basically, he said, had two operable legs, and one was kind of just <laughs> sitting there. So at one point, he's playing along. He's playing along with all the songs and all the rest of it. And the chair tipped over, so he fell off oh, the chair. God. And he said, Tommy Dorsey turned around, looked at him, and said, Goddamn bebop drummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you know what's funny? Uh, in this book, like you mentioned, those kind of old-school legends, you know, Buddy yep. Rich, Gene Krupa. Oh, yeah. You know, these guys were kind of like, yeah, they were kind of like the Beatles at Sullivan moments, a lot of these guys, along with Ringo, of course. But, yep. 
you know, what's amazing, too, is the showmanship that, um, you know, think about for 40 years, you know, Joey Kramer talks about certain fundamentals like less is more in some of his performances and where to stick a fill instead of not stick a fill. And so you get these studio stories that it's amazing how much these guys, you know, sometimes you're talking about four and five different things going on within one song, you know, in terms of layers or shifts in tempo. And right. you, know, you get like Stephen Perkins talks about having a, quote, conversation with his instrument. I thought that was a beautiful way to put it because there's so, you know, it's almost like if you took a blank canvas, take a drum, you know, take the drum performance out of Walk This Way. What do you have? Still have a good song, but what yeah. if he yep. has great... Don't stop believing if they buried that mix, you know, that, that, that performance in the mix. And Steve uh, Smith talks about taking that home and working on it for a night. Mike didn't even, you know, Jack and Diane almost made it, didn't make it off the cutting room floors. I'm sure Kenny told you, you know, he had to come in the last minute and save it with that, that Lynn Drum, you know, famous breakdown in the middle. I mean, arguably, aside from in the air tonight, those are two of the most famous, you know, uh, fills in the world, you know, and breakdowns. I mean, it's like, there's so many cool additions that drummers put into these, these songs that otherwise, you know, they'd probably still be pretty good, but, but not signature the way they are. Even like, say, Tico Torres talking about that opening, you know, role to Living on a Prayer. You know, they just, they, they do it. so much to bring these songs to life and keep them all these years entertaining and interesting along with everyone else in the band. But it's a, it's a huge responsibility, as much fun as they have doing it. Yeah, Jake, I, I tell you, when I, was a, when I was a teenager, I do remember this very, very clearly, that as much as I loved the band, I got to love the band later on, the entire band, what attracted me to the Allman Brothers at first was the drummer. I said, how does he make his yeah. drums sound like that? How does he do that? It was uh, phenomenal yeah. drumming, terrific drumming. Well, and, yeah, and to your point, you know, you also get these iconic, think about stylistically the guys I rattled off. If you want heavy metal, you got Metallica yeah. and one. What an iconic song, and Lars breaks that down all the way across the aisle. To, to, you know, Tico talking about Bon Jovi classics, or Matt Sorum gives us, this, you know, Axel coming up to him, and, and, and you get these great studio stories in this book, too. He says, you know, I need you to come up with a signature. Think about the pressure he's under. He's just replaced Stephen Adler. It's the number one gig oh, any German yeah. in the world. And Axel Rose comes up and says, I need you to create a sim simple fill that's going to be a signature connector between November Rain, Strange, and Don't Cry. I mean, you'd think that was, oh, do, 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 and he jokes about that. You know, like everyone gives him trouble about it, but he could have done 80 things there. And, and so there's all these little nuances to what these guys contribute artistically. When you think about a canvas and what they add, I mean, so much color, and then there's so much depth. There's so many things in their performances that get, you know, unraveled in this book that are pretty cool, too. Um, you know, it, it just runs the gamut, man. And then stylistically, like I said, if you want grunge, you got the chilies, you got, you know, the Foo Fighters, I suppose you want more modern rock, you have James Addiction, of course, uh, all the way across to, like, Doug Cosmo Clifford takes us into how him and John Fogarty met in junior high. And then, like, the whole rise of Creedence Clearwater, and he takes you down on the corner, and, like, Proud Mary turned out to be Fortunate Sons beat slowed down. Just little stuff like yeah, that, you know, yeah. so there's a little, little really cool things that we hope, you know, you, you put this book down. If you're a millennial, uh, you can stream along while you read it. You can watch these performances on YouTube if you want to see that those famous solos recreated, those drum performances, live drum solos, and all kinds of stuff. It's really cool, hopefully, with the technology today. Um, it's very 3D. That's the, the ambition, anyway. <laughs> God, you're kind of like, the, uh, kind of like uh, Pink Floyd and uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you can watch it along. Yeah, yeah and I'll tell you, if, I, if you would permit me to plug volume two, listen to this list. So this is just a few names. In volume two, which comes out next year, we got The Clash, Iron Maiden, 
Ray Vaughn, Double Trouble, Free, Dream Theater, Carmine the Pieces in there, Steve Gadd is in there, MC5's drummer, Dino Dinelli of the Rascals, John Lennon's drummer, Chicago Pixies, uh, Primus, Santana. So it goes, yes, there's many more. Power, power, goes all over the map. But this book we thought was the strongest 12 balls of kind of guys that, and they were chronologically, these were the first 12 to sign on. And these guys, mm-hmm. the chance that Joey Kramer was the fourth drummer to sign on to this idea, mm-hmm. you know, when I was just first kind of floating it. So, so I was really grateful that they all were willing to open up as much as they were, and, and, and I gave them my, their word. They'd have as much time as they wanted, and they were they were so frustrated, I think, with the word count. You know, you read a Rolling Stone article, two paragraphs are about the drummer, you know, um, and, and most of it's about, you know, girls and drugs, you know, whatever the partying, and we tried to stick <laughs> yeah. the music and, and still, so, yeah. So when you're talking, when you so, mentioned Santana, you, did you, you interview Dennis Chambers? No, it was Michael Shreve. Oh, okay. Why did you ask yeah, that Michael question? Yeah, Michael Shreve is, well, is, I mean, they're, historically, I mean, he's the one that was in the Woodstock. Yep, that's right. No, he was on uh, all the hit records. Know, Dennis has been Woodstock. playing with him for 20 years, and he's one of my all-time favorite drummers. The guy's just amazing. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. I'm, I'm surprised that, you, sure. didn't, that you, you didn't get Steven Adler, because Steven Adler's parts in Appetite for Destruction are just undeniable, some of the most brilliant drumming to ever come out in the last Yeah, we're working years. on him for the second book. You got to um, go through his mother, Jake. His mother. Yeah, I agree. His mother gets him to do all kinds of stuff. Well, I'm not get, kidding you. She brother, got him on Steven, the show. Yeah, yeah. Steven's, so, Steven's, the hope is that that list isn't done. Man. And, and then we're doing a female volume of it too, with all the, the you know the big female drummers. So that's the third volume that'll be out in 2020. So it, this is a, we were proud to kick it off with these 12 guys. You know, um, they, they you know you you guys so many radio stations that we, we salute too because you guys keep these songs alive for so many generations, and it's like. You know, the, who's still playing the arenas and the, and the stadiums today? It's these two, you know? So yeah. uh, we were really glad that they were willing to open up about it all. That was wonderful. L.A., you played, you were a drummer for a while, weren't you? Yep, my whole life. Your whole life you've been a drummer? Well, since I was, when I could walk. And what 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 made you go to the, because my older brother was a guitar player, so I don't you know. know I think what Buddy, drew, Buddy Rich what, is the one who got me hooked from playing drums watching yeah, Buddy Rich. Yeah, I can see that. And I remember Buddy Rich on The Tonight Show and Johnny yeah, Carson. Exactly. Just, just close-up of him playing just a snare and me going, holy crap, how's he doing that? Well, the house drummer on The Tonight Show yeah, was pretty Ed good. Shaughnessy was a badass. Ed Shaughnessy, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, crazy. Uh, the performance side, you know, Tommy Lee talks about Tommy Aldridge and, of course, Bonham, I mentioned. Uh, but, you know, think about guys like you. Know, it's fun with this book series is to... to uh, his point, it, it, it really tributes a lot of the guys. You know, Elvin Jones, who brought uh, Tigo Torres along. Um, you know, we mentioned Gene Krupa, Buddy Rich. Uh, there's so many drummers like, you know, Keith Moon, right? We know who Keith Moon is. Yeah. Who knows what a 10-year-old knows that? You know, so right. it's like hopefully when you're reading these chapters that, you know, you, you might also dive back into those cat catalogs because there's so many people that have passed on that, you know, they're still reverberating. Their beats are still... You know, kind of, kind of reverberating today as vibrantly as they were then. You know, I've said this. Um, be- I've, you guys, I've, what said, they do with I've said this before in a conversation with Rocco. I, I'm a, I read. I can read music. So, to be a drummer, most drummers don't read, but I, I can read music. So I can play anything that's put in front of me, pretty much, except for Dave Lombardo. You put Dave Lombardo from Slayers stuff in front of me, and I just, it's just almost impossible to play. So I. To me, he's one of the yeah, most. Com- in the second book. He's one of the and, most you know, complicated, point, accomplished drummers of all time, and he's so underrated. The guy's just yeah, him importantly, definitely him important. So, you mentioned this, and this is interesting. So you know, we all know what a clip track is, right? What a drummer plays along to in the studio. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy Chamberlain and Chad Smith, with the exception of a couple songs, never recorded with clip tracks. I mean, that's how technically 
perfectly yep, proficient they are. they are. You know what I mean? You guys can appreciate that. Yeah, I get it. Just, I mean, the technicians these guys are. Is, they're, yeah. they're like machines. A, they're like a machine. They are. Like Dave Lombardo, Indeed, you watch are. him play live. The dude's yeah, like a machine. Timing. Yes, never. never yes, never. His tempo's yeah. flawless. I just saw Judas, I just saw Judas Priest live last week, and their drummer was just tempo was flawless the whole show. The book is called yeah, we're Beyond, on him too. Beyond the Beats: Rock and Roll's Greatest Drummers Speak. Jake Brown, Jake, thank you so much for your time. Uh, great conversation. Thank you so much, man. Oh, it's our great pleasure. Thank you. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard. Show. <laughs> 